Well, hello there, listener, and welcome to another episode of the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall. And you know, back at the start of my fitness career, um, before I would even say I had anything to do with wellness, I got my very first job working as a personal trainer in this like fancy, sexy, luxury gym. Um, it's a big chain. I'm not going to say the name. But I was working at one of the flagship locations in Manhattan's West Village. Like really cool neighborhood, really high-end clientele. I had a couple celebrity clients. Like thought, thought we were doing it right. Uh, and there was a time in that gym and I got to applaud my management team from that moment because, uh, my managers handled this story really well. The story that this all is based on, um, they started this like trainer Olympics contest in the gym, um, to get everybody like what I thought was cross training and working out together and to get us all like playing together, which was a really cool experience to be in. Uh, but a few years later. I found out what the why was underneath the what. And working at this like fancy gym chain, every year our senior leadership would tour the clubs. And so management would run around, they'd clean everything up, they try to make everything appear perfect so that when senior leadership came through, they got kind of the veneered version of our day-to-day experience. And apparently, after senior leadership toured our gym, They sat down with our club leadership and essentially told them that our female trainers don't look like trainers. So for context on that training team, there were all kinds of just like everyday athletes who just really loved fitness. Um, There were people like me, former collegiate athletes. We had uh, a former Olympian. We had a future Olympian, someone who went on to be in the Olympics. We had a nationally ranked water polo player. Um, So you get the idea. We had some really incredible women. And then we just had some women who really loved movement and decided to make it their career and everything in between. But apparently at that time, our visual perception was that we didn't look like we belonged on the covers of magazines. And senior leadership felt that club leadership had to do something about it. And Hearing that later, a few years into my career, you know, I'd always been kind of self-conscious that I had a narrative in my mind, oh, I don't look like a trainer. And here it was, someone in leadership giving confirmation to essentially my worst fears about myself and my perception and my friends who all were making incredible positive impact in the lives of their clients. And today's guest makes incredible positive impact, not only in the lives of her clients, but as an exemplar of somebody who's gone against the grain herself. And I actually can't wait to bring her on to hear her response to that narrative, uh, because I think she might have some things to say about it. Uh, So my guest today is Marit Summers, and she's been a personal trainer long before I was, since back in 2007. She's got a bachelor's degree in exercise science and kinesiology. She is the co-founder and owner of Form Fitness in Brooklyn, where she makes her mark on the world Uh, on her clients and on her staff. I'm so excited to have her here to talk about her journey and her impact. Uh, Marie, welcome to Better Than Fine. Hello, thank you. (laughs) I am like in a nervous giggle based on the story you just told. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you might have. So I will, I'm going to caveat this. We are not going to say the name of that employer, but Marie actually worked different location, same company. Uh, Would you you want to give any thoughts or do you just want to share your journey with us and vibe on it? I mean, like, it's so sad, but I'm, I'm not surprised about that uh, story. But I'm also like, 
wow. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. We live, you know, obviously I've lived very similar uh, storylines within that particular uh, business. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 And I want you to share that story with us. So for the, yeah. for the podcast listeners, um, you know, I say all the time, I'm a big woman, I'm six foot tall. I played collegiate mm-hmm. rugby. Like I am not a small person uh, right. and I don't look like I belong on the cover of a fitness magazine. Um, you are more than welcome or not welcome. Like I just want to give context to an audio oh, listener. Totally. I'm never going to be on the cover of anything. Um, well, I disagree. Like See, we cars. can strive. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. See, we can Challenge strive me. to be on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you um, that journey with us. Share your perspective yeah, with us. I want to absolutely. hear what you have to say. Well, yeah, to give context, I am 5'6 and like probably currently weigh 250. I have no idea. Um, but like when I was working, you know, that was a long time ago. So when I was working uh, at the age of like 21, I weighed a lot less, but I was still um probably in the 200 range and again bigger than every other female uh that I worked with um so I mean I can kind of go back and just give my background story real quick but uh I was 14 years old I was overweight um I didn't fit in with my peers and I like also had a really hard time in like all things fitness um So I asked my parents if I could join my local gym because I wanted to lose weight and wanted to fit in. And so uh, luckily they were able to afford a personal trainer. And that's like kind of when I just fell in love with fitness uh, overall. But I think what it was for me, and this is like looking back now, um, I didn't have to be around my peers to go through my journey, right? I didn't have to compare myself to the other 13 and 14 year olds, even though there were adults in the gym and I'm sure they were like, who is this kid? It didn't matter. That wasn't in my mind. Um, I got to just like do my thing. And so I really fell in love with like movement and getting stronger. And unfortunately at the time, like losing weight and fitting in. Um, And then college start of a career, many years of my career were still training people to lose weight, me wanting to lose weight, me fitting in with my, um, peers again. (laughs) Uh, and it wasn't until I like found fitness kind of all over again in a different realm for me, it happened to be CrossFit slash powerlifting, uh, where I was able to like embrace my body for the things my body was capable of. Um, and so now we're years and years later and I've, uh, made a huge turnaround. <laughs> um, and I uh, get to coach people and help people like find their strength within, again, physically, mentally, but within using literal strength um, to, to get there. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that turnaround in the path. Because I think mm-hmm. there's some things that you do at Form Fitness that mm-hmm. I want to highlight at the start of the conversation awesome. that I think are so invaluable for people to just know that it's an option. Like, so last week mm-hmm. we had Katie Hake on the show and we were talking, she's a, a um, dietitian and nutritionist. And we were mm-hmm. talking about, you know, nutrition, non-diet dietitians, right? Like right. what is the, that that's even what an option. What does that mean, right? Yeah, because when you were getting your education, when she was getting hers, when I was getting mine, nobody was talking about that as even an option and what no. that looks like. And so mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good launching point in this conversation to talk about like, what would a truly weight neutral fitness even look like from a starting point 
Absolutely. That that exists. So can you talk about how form approaches that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that, by the way. Like, you're right. Do people even know that exists? Um, it's funny. I don't think I've ever, like, thought about it like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I didn't. Nobody. <laughs> right. The whole point of it was always, right? Aesthetics is all we talk about. And now we know right. in the industry for the first time, yeah. people. Yeah, people are working out for mental health is absolutely. more important than aesthetics. Yeah, right. So for us, um you know, number one, we don't even own a scale. It doesn't exist in the gym. It's it's just a non-existent thing. Now, do like, drop, right? <laughs> it's, we don't have it. We only have a couple of mirrors because, you know, selfies, but like. <laughs> well, and to see your form, right? Well, like form yeah, we could talk more about that at a different time. But yeah, like, <laughs> that's not, that's not our, that's not our focus. But what we have is people that come in and can give us all the lists and lists and lists of reasons as to why someone wants to start a fitness journey. And for some, it's still going to be weight loss, right? Because again, it's, it's what we're told. This is what we need to want. Um, and so a lot what we do is we have conversation and we bring up well, what's the real why? Or we talk about what these things mean and we go through um, the the idea of like finding your strength, feeling better, right? Like how do you feel currently? And so we want people to feel their best and live their best life. And that does not have anything to do with what they look like, nor does it have to do with the scale. Um, it doesn't mean that we turn anyone away if weight loss is still a goal because there are still reasons and times and places that weight matters, but it's how you approach those conversations. Yeah, dig it. Uh, for the listener, you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Marshall. My guest today has been featured in Shape, Health, and Fabuplus magazine and has even been on Good Day New York. It's Marie Summers, and we are talking about weight neutral fitness. And I think to your point, any of us out here in the space talking about having a different lens, mm -hmm. we're not out here throwing stones at anything you want for yourself. Like that's not the point. The point right. isn't don't want whatever it is you want. I mm -hmm. think the point, at least for me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it is what is your actual aligned like desires? And I think what you just alluded to is like, how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. Because a feeling isn't a number on a scale. A feeling is an emotional experience and a connection with yourself that's authentic and real and lived in your life. Absolutely. Well, and health, right? So, you know, I'll give I'll give a little bit about my current life. Uh, pandemic hit. I gained a ton of weight. I was I own a small business. I wasn't as I wasn't moving as much, and I was eating cookies, right? So I gained a ton of weight, and so yeah, my weight became an issue based on my actual health, right? Mm. I went and I got blood work and I had all this stuff and it was not good. And mm. so I went on a journey over the last couple of years, because now it's been a couple of years to feel better, like actually, right? That again, I never once stepped back on the scale. Since that time, I have no idea what I weigh. And to me, it doesn't matter because I feel so much better. I moved more I just started like paying attention to my food a little bit more, but I never was like, I'm going to do what I've done in the past, which is go on a million diets, cut out all these things and become another version of extreme. Right. So even though I maybe haven't even lost more than a couple of pounds, it doesn't matter because I'm, I feel I am, let me not say feel I am stronger than I was. 
I'm moving better than I was. And my numbers are all back to normal, right? So weight doesn't have to equate to any of that stuff. Yeah. Thank I, thank you for sharing uh, with such vulnerability. And I'm sorry to hear that you were unwell then. Um, and I think you highlight something really important, which is, you know, very often if I'm working with a client who, you know, their, their physician is concerned about their weight, I'll mm-hmm. always ask like, well, what else? Right. Cause it, cause if you're just telling me it's scale pounds, then let's put some muscle on you mm-hmm. and see what happens. But almost always, if the physician is concerned, my client can tell me, you know, their A1C, their blood pressure, their, you know, lipid profile, their cholesterol, like something else yeah. that is more meaningful from a health perspective than their relationship to gravity on this planet, which is right. what a scale measures, right? Exactly. Yeah. I dig it. Exactly. So do you think like from your perspective, is there a harm being done by a weight focused lens in the fitness and wellness space? Like what's, what's the big deal? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, because weight is aesthetic, right? Um, Everyone wants to look, you know, you, you mentioned the, the fitness model on the cover of a magazine and I will still say, and I'll say it to this day, one day I'm going to be on the cover of a magazine. Yeah, right? girl. <laughs> and I don't even like, that's not actually my goal, but the point is to be able to be like, well, there, there are different bodies. There are different bodies. Let me like period, period. the end of the sentence, period. right? Like there's there are different bodies. Um, and so when weight becomes, we put, we get put into the back brackets of, well, you should weigh this. It becomes an aesthetic. Yeah. And that's not the point. Can you lift your kid? Like you said, is your A1C okay? You know, what are the actual reasons that fitness is a thing or why, why should we all be moving? Right. Movement is life. Life is not a six pack. You know what I mean? Oh, I, you're singing my song, yeah. right? Yeah. And, that, <laughs> and that weight, the number on a scale weight doesn't actually tell me about my relationship to my sense of self, my purpose, right. my, how, how comfortable I am in my own skin, in how affectionate my husband is to me, right? right? Like none of that's a number. All of that's right. an experience. Exactly. Um, and I think, you know, to your point, when we're glorifying particular body types, we're creating a perception that we're all supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a fitness professional, as a wellness professional, I know I get really self-conscious about the projection of the industry mm-hmm. versus my lived experience. When I know I help people mm-hmm. and I show up, like, do you right. want to speak to your own experience of any of that? Yeah. I mean, we could, you know, I could give my worst story from back then, which was like, <laughs> you I got hired. <laughs> well, because it matters, right? I got hired because I was smart enough. And then I was called fat multiple times by management. Mm. Uh, you need to lose weight. You're not going to be able to pick up clients. You're not going to oh. be able to help anybody. And then I became the top person because I can help people because what I look like has nothing to do with what I know. And nor does it mean that I'm not stronger than most of the people in the space. Right. (laughs) Um, And so it, it, again, like your, your original question is, well, why does this perception, why is, why does it matter when the only thing we're looking at over and over again is the same body is because that's actually not what's walking down the street when you see your neighbors. And so if we're just continue to make continuously made to feel bad about ourselves, how can anyone actually get better? Because the mental part of all of it 
is how we're going to be physically healthier, right? We're, we're always, we're going to continuously have these, um, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling on my words, but um, just like self-conscious feelings. And if I'm constantly feeling bad about my, my physical being, like what I look like, how can I mentally be okay? And vice versa. Yeah, you are welcome to stumble on your words because I literally have been sitting here with my mouth open, <laughs> stuck on the idea that your management. Well, can we talk about the word fat for a second? Yeah, uh, of I, course. I have. I got a story. So over the weekend, I was at a positive psychology conference with like mm-hmm. a bunch of big deals, <laughs> and I was riding home on the train with this woman who is really like her domain is ageism, specifically around women, mm-hmm. and she had just given this incredible talk about you are the age that you are. And, you know, it's not that you feel younger or that you appear younger. You just are the age that you are and that it's ageist to try to glorify looking younger, feeling younger, Mm. whatever. You just are how you are. And so she just gave this great talk. Everyone's so inspired by her. And I say something about being fat. Mm -hmm. And she immediately, you know what she said. Do you know what she said? No. You're not fat. Oh. Oh, you're not fat. I was like, Pick an objective measure that people right. throw that label on at the doctor. And whether you're mm-hmm. talking about BMI or body composition or whatever, I fit in that category. It's an objective mm-hmm. truth by the labeling system we've created in our society. Right. And it made her uncomfortable to perceive what she thinks of a fat person versus what I experienced. But I had almost the opposite experience of what you're describing where my management team was so uncomfortable with the idea of having a fat trainer be successful mm-hmm. that they would tell me that I had my calipers done wrong because there's no right. way my body fat was as high as I said it was. Right. And I was like, do it again. Pinch me up. Right. Like, let's go. Right. right. Yeah. I think um, it's funny. I'm having like, I'm just thinking about all the conversations that I have regularly with my clients. And um, it is funny because People judge people and I, obviously it sucks and that just kind of is what it is. Um, And like, you know, that concept of what, what is fat? And so we, we talked about, yep, there's like the numbers that the doctors put on you. And then there's like, okay, well, what's actual, like, what, what do people um, really look at when they're looking at people? And so there's the visual. And so, um, you know, I have no problem saying that I'm, a, you know, plus size or I have fat on my body or I am fat as long as it's not in the context of like de- degrading myself, yeah. right? If it is just kind of like a factual statement. And the only reason that I even put any of those titles or descriptors when I'm talking is so that people do know that they're not alone and that there are others that are like trying you know, to be in spaces and, and be there. Otherwise, like I, I'm Maureen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I do. So. Yeah. I deeply know what you mean, right? It's about visibility and accessibility and who's invited into right. the world of caring for themselves. Right. Uh, you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall. My guest is Marie Summers and we are talking about weight neutrality and fitness. Um, and, and you're, you're right, right? Being the person who steps into the space and claims the label is an invitation to anybody else who doesn't look like there should be in the ad on the front of the gym. And you know what I'm talking about, Marie. Um, 
the person who doesn't live in that body and even the aspiration doesn't have that aspiration toward that body mm-hmm. or doesn't, doesn't want to believe it's possible, doesn't want to do that kind of damage to themselves is being given the message that it's not for them. Right. Right. Um, right. I was, somebody sent me a, a quote from another fitness brand earlier today that was like a statistics about 70% of Americans live in a larger body is the language mm-hmm. that they used. And that those, those with larger bodies have different physical and emotional needs toward mm-hmm. fitness than those who are in like what we think of as a fitness body. Mm-hmm. And it was sent to me by another trainer and they essentially were saying like, they wanted my reaction because they wanted me to just agree with it so they could argue with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but their reaction is like, well, that's, disempowering to a, a larger bodied person because you're saying they're different than a small body. Yeah. I want to hear your reaction. To well, that. I want to know what like their needs, like what, you know what I mean? Like what did they even mean by their needs are different? That, that, that would be my first, yeah, that would be my like first question. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you what my, my reaction mm-hmm. was that psychologically, I think the support that I give to a client that's in a larger body that doesn't think that it's for them, those tools of like agency and empowerment and efficacy are very different. Like it's a very different pep talk and like support structure yeah, and yeah, self-examination yeah. Um, is what I think they're alluding to. Right. But, um, but the physical, like, no, that part I understood. And I would agree with that it only, first of all, based on the person, not yeah. every big, larger bodied person isn't confident. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Amen. let's, let's Amen. start there. Now, many aren't because we're told not to be. Yep. Right. But not everybody is not confident. So like, that's a weird thing. But I, I maybe and I'm maybe I misunderstood part of the post, but I thought it was saying something about they need physically different. Yeah, I think I think for that one, again, I can go off of my interpretation. Yeah, I'd love to just hear what your thought is. I teach I teach yoga in all sizes. And that the the system of yoga Mm -hmm. was designed to serve young Indian men 4000 years Mm -hmm. ago. And that's a very particular body shape and flexibility. Right. So when I've done when I've taught yoga for women Mm -hmm. in much larger bodies, I teach it. I have to teach it differently because those bodies right. move differently and adapt differently and feel different than a teenage Indian boy. Right. right. So like yeah. from a movement perspective, the expectation and the um, alignment and the respect right. are different than if you've got somebody in a, in a, a smaller body. I don't even know how do I label that? Like, I'm not yeah, no, no, no. I under, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think I like misunderstood what. Okay. Post. Well, <laughs> sure. Um, I don't listen. Uh, as a personal trainer, I work with bodies of all shapes, sizes, ages, all the things, right? And every body needs a little bit, something a little bit different. So there's that, <laughs> right? Um, I think that when we're teaching in a group fitness setting, so yoga, for example, the the issue is that you're teaching to a big group and so can you give a modification or a variation or a little quick tip here and there to help someone who maybe needs an adjustment that that's amazing um we shouldn't just assume that everyone is capable of a perfect i'm just gonna say downward dog because i can't think of another movement right (laughs) um right so i think that there should be adjustments available Um, what I will tell you as I am coaching more and more trainers to come up, uh, and, and 
working to mentor these trainers to work with all body shape sizes and whatnot. A lot of trainers who have never lived in a, uh, othered body, um, won't think of certain things, right. Won't think of, for example, um, a conventional deadlift with, for someone that has a bigger belly can be really hard based on the idea of breathing and space. Yeah. So maybe a sumo deadlift is the way to teach hinging and movement and, and build strength just so that people can breathe and feel comfortable in their movement to start. I'm not saying that they can't conventional because they can, but it may not be the comfortable way to teach a movement. That's just an example, right? Oh, I think it's a perfect Uh, example. Right. And I, and so again, like, no, 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 just that there is, there should be, um, considerations for all things, but that could also be for injuries. That could be for age. That could be for, so I, I feel like putting it in a category of just larger bodies is like kind of a weird statement. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I think it's a perfect example of exactly the point I was trying to make mm-hmm. and, and you carried it home is that if you're not thinking about if you haven't lived in a, in, like you said, I love that you called it another body. Like if you haven't lived that way, you don't know. Right. Right. And you know, when I think about my own training education and the way that I was taught to work with say special populations, post-surgical mm-hmm. or, um, older, older populations as a specialized mm-hmm. age group, right? Like we get a special education in how to program for and work with pregnant women right. because there are special considerations. Exactly. So to me, making it a like a, a particular An group, you're like, yeah. think about what you're doing makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to me that you're like, why make it a special group? But is it all really all that different from say working with people who are over 75? No, it's just considering the person you're working with. Yeah. And anyway. that, you know, that leads to like part of what we also really, really lead home. And I don't know if you can like circle back to this if you want, but is when someone walks into form fitness or into our gym or like what I would love for trainers to be really paying attention to is that we never want to place goals on anybody, right? Mm-hmm. That the goal is not just about what the trainer has wanted in their past or yep. what they currently want. It's about what the person wants. And so if you are considering this person that's sitting in front of you, if you're really listening to what they're saying, you should be able to adapt to them. And if you're not the right person for them, that's a, that's a totally other uh, conversation. Yeah. Oh, amen. You're singing the song. Um, and I know it's something that in NASM's got a certified wellness coach, um, Mm -hmm. course and in CWC it's, there's definitely guidance around not projecting oneself into the, the client's journey, um, that you're there to make a space and be aware of your own biases so that you don't skew that lens. Um, but to your point, we don't get that education as trainers. That's not in the conversation for fitness. Um, and I think it's really important to recognize that what you're doing there, when you do project yourself into someone else's goals or journeys or their ideas of what they want for themselves is eroding their self-efficacy, right? Mm -hmm. You're saying like, ah, I know better than you do about you, even though you've only known them for 15 minutes by the goal setting conversation, which is nonsense. Right. Right. And I, and I, you know, I always believe that there's a time and a place to have conversation, make suggestions, um, you know, again, have that conversation. So like if you, okay, I believe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you'll probably agree with me in some way that 
almost everybody in the world should lift some version of weights, right? Pick some things up and then put them back down. (laughs) And we know, and we could list all the benefits. Okay. So I want to be able to have those conversations to promote the idea of lifting a little bit heavier X, Y, and Z. Right. Mm -hmm. But if someone hates that, like truly hates that, I'm not going to sit there and force it. That's not my job, yeah. right? It is not my job to change your mind. I can give you the reasons. I can explain why. We can try, see if you'll enjoy, but I'm not ever there to say, well, you have to. That's not my job. Yeah. And I think that there's so many layers here, right? <laughs> like you as a as a skilled fitness professional, should be able to work around that, right? Like there's a lot of ways that I can get someone stronger with Mm -hmm. them never touching a dumbbell or never Mm -hmm. touching a kettlebell. Um, And I also think that from a psychological perspective, like if somebody's working out for wellness and well-being, there's a greater benefit to just movement that they like than Mm -hmm. there is to me going, well, this is the perfect program to get you the physiological adaptation of happiness because you don't actually know. Absolutely. I talk about that from a bit of a different standpoint with the, you know, again, like incoming trainers, the people that we're mentoring. So, you know, I get a lot of times like, well, their legs like weren't exactly in the right spot. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. Let me ask you a question. Was it dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> right? Was it dangerous? <laughs> if not, is that person's goal to lift thousands of pounds or hundreds of pounds over their head, right? If not, and it's just to have like a, you know, mostly efficient, safe, just moving through your fitness, moving through your workout. Are you good? then we're good, right? Like there's always a time and a place to be really specific and like really detailed and and making sure that this needs to be exactly. And then there's always a time and a place where it's like, let's just, let's just do this thing, right? Let's sweat, let's move, let's feel, let's get a little stronger, but maybe again, not like thousands of pounds stronger. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's different levels to how all of this works for people. Yeah. And what it is that people want. Yeah. Um, and I think what I want is to tell the listener that uh, I hope you've enjoyed the pitter patter of little feet uh, somewhere in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's all good. Don't be sorry. I'm just calling out for the listeners so they don't think that like, what is that noise? <laughs> I don't want them to think I that have neighbors. Like, hey, it's all good. I lived in Brooklyn for 12 years. I know what it's like. Uh, actually, if you go back and listen to some of the early episodes of this show, I'm sure you hear my neighbors and many of them. <laughs> Um, but listener, you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Starley Marshall. And my guest is Marie Summers. We're talking about weight neutral fitness. And Marie, if if whether it's a practitioner listening or it's a person who's feeling inspired, you know, one of the things that I try to do with this show is inspire different kinds of thinking around building lasting wellness and well-being into one's life. And so my hope always when I have a guest is that you say something that sparks someone in something in the listener. And so if somebody's feeling like, oh man, I'd never really thought about what this even looks like if I don't do it because of how I look. Right. How might that person pick up that ball and run with it? Like, what does it actually look like in practice for someone? Yeah. I'm listen. Um, I think we talked about finding joy is like probably number one, but how do you even, how do you even find joy in something that you haven't tried yet. Right. So I know this Mm. is so simple, but you really do have to just start. You really do have to try something. Um, And so taking that first step, you know, 
the the best advice or the you know the piece of advice that I give people all the time that are like I'm really honestly afraid of the gym I don't know what to do there I don't even know how to like start is go to just walk get to the treadmill get to an elliptical and just get on right do five minutes and and scan your area feel your space it is that's all you have to do and then you can leave right mm. or maybe you just go to the locker room the first day right but it, who no one else is looking and I know that that sounds so crazy right because we do we believe everybody else notices everything but they don't they really have no idea. They don't care. They're there for themselves. The gym is one of the most narcissistic places you could probably <laughs> ever walk into, right? Uh, yep. Okay, so they're there for themselves. So um, the the best and the, the biggest piece of advice I can give is always just to start, even if it's wrong, even if it doesn't go, even if you last for five minutes, 10 minutes, it doesn't matter. You have to start because you have to try. Um, and the only way we can start to grow and get better and stronger at anything is by that, that practice of trying. Um, I love it. I love it because so, so even what you said, like, even if it's wrong, wrong, according to who Well, right. Okay, like one of the most infuriating things for me out on the internet is when any fitness professional is like, do it like this. This is how you yeah. do the thing. And I'm like, you don't know, you don't know what's going on in anybody's life. Nonetheless, half of your followers and how they might react to that experience. So, you know, wrong according to who, just like let yourself go. I love that starting point. And then you also mentioned like in order to, this, I think this is actually like universal advice. And I'm going to start pushing this in the positive psychology world. But like we talk so much about joy in my space and it's like, in order to find joy, you have to go out there and start trying things. Yeah. And I think that's a great synopsis yeah. of like a whole set of things mm -hmm. that people need to know, yeah. but specifically around movement and fitness and wellness. It's like, if you want to find it, you got to go look for it yeah. and you got to start somewhere. Exactly. Oh, that's I think, beautiful. Yeah. I, um, you know, again, as, as a plus size woman in the gym, I and I and I I want to be clear. I am well aware that I'm at more of an advanced level of fitness uh, than someone that is a beginner. But people notice me because I am like there and happy and doing this thing that I love. It has nothing to do with the actual fitness, right? They're like, right? We we the vibes that we give are the thing that people are noticing. So go in, do your thing, stay. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll smile when you want to smile there might be somebody there that's like in the exact same boat as you um do, do it at home we'll go for a walk it doesn't it honestly doesn't matter right as long as we start you know you said a second ago like oh yeah but this is you know me at an advanced level of fitness but you mm -hmm. got there because you started as a beginner uh yep i've started back then i've restarted a, you know many times <laughs> Yeah. Um, I but just I think... joined a new gym and like, you know, as a fitness person, I feel like you'll appreciate this, but I joined a new gym and I was like, Ooh, all the toys. And I get to like restart again. Right. <laughs> but I'm walking around have, knowing I know where nothing is. I don't know any of the people in the space. So I'm even like, okay, well, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to like gaze over here, play a little bit. Okay. Right. Like we all have these moments of like feeling what could be uncomfortable or just that we're like all there for the same reason to get stronger, feel a little better, sweat, move. Right. 
Yeah, I know for me, I get wildly uncomfortable if I'm in uh, a gym that is not the gym I work in. Like, mm -hmm. it, I get like maybe uncomfortable, self conscious. Yeah. From, like, I want to look like I know what I'm doing because I'm a fitness professional. <laughs> but that might say so, more do that, right? So, what's the thing you do that first day that you're ever in any new gym or space? The one what thing do I you do? know how to do. Any, but anybody. Oh, you pick well, a move. You pick a move you know how to do. Right. Yeah. You go to a thing that you're like, okay, I know what this is. I know how this works. I know how to squat or I know how to do a right. Or I get on the trim or whatever it is. Like do the thing that you know, for sure you're going to feel good about. And then you can kind yeah. of move on. <laughs> oh, I think. And you know, again, like this advice just aligns so well with like positive psychology research that we know that you'll be more likely to repeat a health behaviors, um, if you're like have a positive emotional experience mm -hmm. and you're comfortable at some, some point, like something about it makes you feel good. Um, right. And so I love this advice that like, you don't have to go in there whole hog and try to be perfect. You don't have to go in there and get a trainer, just go in there and like park somewhere. That, like now that you've yeah. said it, I'm like, Oh, I always go, I get on a foam roller. Right. Like, and I'll get on that foam roller and watch people yeah. and like scope things out and make yeah. my plan. But yeah. the first thing I'm doing is like getting on the foam roller, I'm low to the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah feeling safe. Can I, I also so. give a plug though to personal plug. trainers, like generally? Absolutely. So listen, do I think all personal trainers in the world are absolutely amazing? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's, there's still a lot of people that could be better, but I do think that if you are someone that is a beginner, that making the investment into personal training is one of the best things you can do for yourself, because then you have someone there who can advocate for you. Then you have someone there who's got your back. Then you have someone there to help teach you. And even if you do one session to five sessions, so it doesn't matter. You have this, this, it's almost a security blanket to learn and feel comfortable in that space. And then you can move on into your own. And I do think, like you said, kind of get maybe getting on the treadmill at first or the foam roll or whatever it is to like scope it out. You might find the person that you're like, that, that trainer looks like someone I can spend some time with. Right. And so again, I know that I am a trainer, and, <laughs> but I'm not oh, advocating just for myself. I'm advocating for this idea of learning, feeling comfortable and having some security. Yeah. And I think just to second that, like if you're a listener and you have goals around gaining strength, understanding your body, learning good movement, um, feeling, you know, having a sense of autonomy and empowerment in the gym, a personal trainer that's knowledgeable in that environment that's certified, of course, um, and that vibes with you is the the gateway to all of those things. Um, yeah. And I second everything that you just said, Marie. Um, so Marie, the author of Big and Bold, Strength Training for Plus Size Women. I just realized I didn't plug your book and I should because <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, where might our listeners find you out um, the, the magic world of the internet? Yeah. <laughs> um, Instagram is at Marie Summers. So my full name, um, like you just said, I do have a book out that's available on Amazon called Big and Bold Strength Training for the Plus Size Woman. And even though it is titled Strength Training for the Plus Size Woman, it's honestly a true beginner's guide to strength training. So it really it's written from my voice as a plus size woman, but that doesn't mean it's not for everybody. And I just like to make sure people know that. Um, yeah. And you know, you can find me on like TikTok, but let's go with Instagram. <laughs> by your gym and we should yes. And I, yes. So my gym is in Brooklyn Heights called form fitness, Brooklyn. Um, we're a personal training studio. One day we will expand to a full size gym. <laughs> Take it. Thank you. <laughs>
John, thank you for sharing with such an open-hearted vulnerability about your experience. And um, thank you, you know, just as another person in the space who worked for the same employer um, <laughs> and had similar experiences, um, how much I appreciate uh, your, your strength and your resilience. And um, I don't know if you know, do you, do you remember the one time that we have met in person? No. Do you know this? No, um, tell me. <laughs> war. Oh, and of course our, I don't remember. <laughs> our gym used to have a big tug of war tournament and, you know, every gym would put every gym in the brand would put up four men and four women. And everyone in my gym would always say that, like, we're not pulling against the men because all gyms have strong men. You're pulling against the women. And I remember mm -hmm. seeing you and being like, oh, hot damn, I got my work cut out for me. Okay, wait, who won? I, Do you remember? I'm pretty sure my gym won. <laughs> we won because we won every year, but we okay. also were the biggest team. So it's not fair, okay. but I do distinctly <laughs> remember being like, that is a strong female that I'm going to have to work. And I did. And you made it work. That's really so hard. funny. Of course I don't remember because I go blind. I'm like, tug of war is my sport. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. It's the, for me, the only things that feel like collegiate rugby again, mm -hmm. it has been tug of war and jujitsu. Yeah. Where yep, it's like, yep, yep. I loved rugby so much. Yeah. And, to, and like the I intensity of it, like, I, if I could be on a That's professional so football team, I would. Maybe we should. Should we start a professional Should we start team? one? I think we, we should. should start one. I think yeah, that we yeah. would no, decimate. I'm into it. Yes. Yeah. All right. No, you've heard it here, it. listener. <laughs> Marie and I are going to take over the tug of war world. Um, which is it. my way of saying we're going to leave it there. Thank you, Marie, for being on Better Than Fine. Um, <laughs> listener, if you have questions or thoughts or feedback or ideas or heck, pushback, you want to challenge us, step up. Um, we would love to hear from you. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. Um, just search Darlene Marshall Instagram of darlene.coach. Shoot me an email. It's info at darlene.coach. And if you are a fan of this show, you better hit subscribe. And if you've already subscribed, you should go and write us a five-star review because it does help bump us up in the old algorithm, which you know I'm on about. Um, if you're on YouTube, hit that like, comment, share, do that thing that you do on the internet. And thanks. <laughs>